I've been shot in the fucking face. I'm taking the car. Yeah. I lifted up my short leg and touched it. Welcome to Movie Mug and the father and son podcast that always shakes it more than twice. <laughs> I'm Vince. I'm Jack. And we're a father and son duo that love watching movies, chatting about them, and most importantly, spending quality father and son time together. Yeah. It's all about the family time. Uh, this is episode number nine. We are one away from double digits. Yeah. Well, if the Movie Mug and fucking random movie picker computer doesn't interrupt us, it's once again my turn to pick. Uh, any worries that I might try to pay you back after what you did to me last week? Um, no. You already had a list of like over 60 movies to choose, so you're not gonna put some bullshit movie that you hate too in front of any of those. Well, it doesn't mean I hate it. Like you didn't hate it last week. <laughs> yeah. You, you kind of did with your score, but. Well, with my score, but I like the movie. But you enjoyed watching me. Okay, yeah. Squirm and witness it for the first time, or as you said, squirt last yeah. week. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, it's time for everybody's favorite time, Lobby Time with Vince and Jack. All right, everybody. Welcome to the Movie Mug and Lobby. This is a time to address some things that aren't related to the movie we'll be talking about, but we think it's still important enough to warrant some airtime. Um, shout out to Gary the Oki again, who left us an awesome review on iTunes. Did you read that? Yeah, I, I did read that. <laughs> We're going to have to read that sometime. I don't yeah. have it in front of me, but it, it was great. Uh, if, I could pull it up real quick. Just keep talking. Okay. Um, so he left us a good uh, review on iTunes and if any other listeners want to follow suit, um, that'd be okay with us, right? Yeah. All right. So I got it pulled up here. Okay. His review is titled the Genesis of content. <laughs> the fact that there are people in this world who have not listened to this astonishes me. I have not consumed something so pure since I suckled at my mother's teat. The dynamic duo of Jack and Vince, he should have put Vince and Jack, that's my only criticism, mm -hmm. uh, is the best pair since poutine and Pepto-Bismol. Each night after I am tucked in, do I count sheep? Nay, I count buckets of chicken each one unique and priceless. A moment never escapes my tireless mind without a thought of movie mugging. Oh, one can only hope this podcast turns into a buffet of endless content. I yearn for more. And this goes without saying he gave us five stars. Five well-deserved stars. Damn, Gary. Gotta give Gary the reach Someone's got to one-up him now. <laughs> we gotta give Gary the, uh, the special Br Bruno Milli Vanilli. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you're doing that, man. <laughs> I, I don't mean, know. <laughs> Gary, Gary, are you a looker? <laughs> Seriously, man, what what a really nice thing to say. <laughs> Gary's got some, uh, Gary's a little funny, too. Yeah. Uh, I had to look up what, he, poutine. Yeah, it's a, some sort of Canadian. It's a Canadian, it's like French fries with brown gravy and something. So it fucks up your stomach is what he's saying, because poutine and Pepto-Bismol were the best duo before us. Okay. Fuck, Pepto-Bismol is a household name, so yeah, maybe we could be a household name. I, we already are, basically. Well, Jack, we just added another country to our listening audience. Which one? <laughs> the UK. 
also known as the United Kingdom. All right, which is which is pretty cool because uh, don't you speak the the Queen's English? Um, maybe perhaps a bit. Oh, you want? You... I wonder what one would say when listening to Movie Muggin if they were born in United Kingdom. I can't think of anything. God save the Queen. That's a great podcast. <laughs> I think that's pretty pretty accurate. Fancy listening to Movie Muggin? I wonder if they if they have a ritual like whenever they listen to Movie Muggin, like they have tea for sometimes and I don't, I don't know what crumpets whatever that is. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's like some really dry bread. Um I wonder if there's like something they do when listening to us. Well, anybody who listens to us is not sipping tea and eating dry bread. They're taking shots of just double malt whiskey. Or whatever is famous in the UK. Probably Scotch. Scotch. Or, or Scotch is Scottish. I think it's Scotch. Because remember Kingsman? They're talking about Scotch. Oh, yeah. Scotch. Like a triple malt Scotch, whatever yeah, that means. triple malt, whatever the fuck. I said double malt earlier. I don't even know what malt is. I just, I've heard it somewhere. I mean, maybe maybe they're <laughs> drinking a quadruple malt Scotch. Oh, good for them. I got a great idea. Or 10. Whoever's listening to us in the UK, and we love you, by the way. Yeah. Let's see if you can outdo a review of our guy from Oklahoma. Yeah. And so tell us Oklahoma, what you... Oklahoma, OK versus UK. OK. Right now. OK versus UK in a cage <laughs> match. Cage match. Give us a review <laughs> on iTunes. Five and, stars, preferably. And let us know what you think of Movie Muggin and what you do while you're listening to Movie Muggin. If it is crumpets and tea, then I stand corrected. But If, if it's, it's whacking off, I mean, that's OK to me, too. <laughs> if, <laughs> if, if my voice is that attractive, then good. Gosh. Yeah. So you think people whack off while they're listening to Movie Muggin? <laughs> it's a joke. You you are seriously not well. What the hell is wrong uh, with some you? Some would say that. All right. Well, that's all I have for lobby time. Uh, I already know the answer, but uh, Jack, you got anything? Uh, not really. No. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. Our listening audience needs to hear more from you. I'm I'm certainly not getting any emails telling me to talk more. I mean. Dude, give me something. <laughs> I did get some new underwear. <laughs> I mean, if that's interesting to all y'all. I mean, you did. That's that's one of the things going on in your life right now. So, I mean, if that's all you got, uh, share away, man. Uh, well, I got these new underwear called, uh, well, the brand is Saks. Saks? S-A-X-X. Like, all right. They're very comfortable and really, really good underwear. I'm actually wearing some right now. They're really soft. They're made out of more like compression. You don't have to touch them right now while you're talking <laughs> I'm, to I'm me. I'm making sure they're don't, soft. Don't, I'm not spreading lies. Don't look me in the eye with your hand down your pants. Fine. <laughs> it's not down my pants. <laughs> <laughs> I lifted up my short leg and touched it. Okay. Uh, they're geared towards men because they have their patented design of the ballpark pouch. Oh. Which keeps your balls and your other parts... In place, like they just don't move. And I was a full skeptic until I put them on, uh, wore them for a little bit, and then I tried to thunderclap in them and (laughs) no movement. It was locked the fuck down. Uh, It was very impressive to me. But you can't thunderclap in regular underwear either. Yeah. You can? (laughs) Yeah. Do your balls hang low? Can you swing them to him? Oh, you're talking about like ringing the bell. Well, I mean, it's just... (laughs) Okay, you want to get technical Being here. Being Quasimodo. <laughs> I'm not just talking about... That was my thunderclap, and I'm sitting down. Oh, my goodness. 
Yeah, dude, that's that's very gross, and I think that's going to be the last <laughs> time that I'm going to push you to talk. Uh, but but on the other hand, I'm 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 guessing either this is exactly how Saks would write the advertising copy to give to us. <laughs> Or there's probably a cease and desist being pinned right now that's on its way to us. Yeah, I mean, it could go either way. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's about all I got for lobby time. This was a this was like an extra long lobby time, but but up until the end, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. All right. I guess me too. Um, then I had to talk. All right. Well, let's head on back to the podcast studio slash viewing room, and I will tell you all about today's movie. Okay. Uh, you know, after what you did to me last week with Bruno, I you know I I really did ponder if I should retaliate. Mm-hmm. But I decided I didn't want to hear you bitching for a week. Uh, plus, I know there's Borat out there looming. Uh, so I decided... You get a second chance. Uh, I decided I was going to pick a banger this time. Because Good. we had banger with... Uh, Bangers and mosh. <laughs> with no country for old men. <laughs> then we had the toilet soup that you brought last week. And now it's, now it's time for something good again. Toilet soup. Uh, today's movie came out in 1996. Oh, you want me to do the... <laughs> you can. Today's, today's movie, it came out in 1996, love. It's one hour and 38 minutes. It's rated R. Mm-hmm. It got 93% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> You're so bad at this. 8.1 out of 10 on IMDb. 87%. I, can't do this. I was having trouble even. I had to put 8.1 in my head multiple times to register it over your accent. All right. This movie won an Academy Award for Best Original Screenplay. Mm-hmm. Also an Academy Award for Best Actress. And she's fantastic in this. Okay. It was directed by the Coen Brothers. Oh. Is that a name that's familiar with you? Yeah. Yeah. What do you remember about the Coen Brothers? That was No Country for Old Men. It sure was. Uh, the Mormon Mothers, as far as profanity goes, 76 uses of your favorite word. Fuck yeah. <laughs> uh, 11 uses of shit, three uses of ass, two slang terms for sex, which are laid and bang, and oh. one use of cock and son of a bitch. I don't know if fuck is my favorite word, but we'll get into that another day. When I realized that you hadn't seen this movie, I felt bad and I felt like it was a parenting fail. Oh. So... We got to watch it, man. We're about to. This week's movie is called Fargo. Oh, okay. I've heard you talk a lot about this. Being not like spoilers, but just like, oh, it's a really good movie. Is it this or Reservoir Dogs? It's like Pulp Fiction-y. Well, Reservoir Dogs was uh, Quentin Tarantino. Okay, that's... So it's more Pulp Fiction-y than this. This is a dark movie with some comedic value. Awesome. Yeah. And I really can't comprehend how you have not seen this it just i i think i always thought that you had and that's why I, nope. we've, we've never we've never watched it so let's take a movie mug and pause and watch fargo why do you gotta do your voice like movie mug and pause <laughs> all right ladies and gentlemen we are back after watching 1996's movie fargo well, why don't you go ahead and give it the 50 cent tour so um william h macy we know him from boogie nights he needs money. He has a problem. And it doesn't go into the super, super detail, but he hires these dudes to um, kidnap his wife because her dad is rich. And so he was going to get the dad to like pay for it. and Pay the, the ransom. Pay the ransom. And then he would have some money too so he could fix his problems. But basically everything... Gets fucked up right off the bat. And it's a great ride. 
I, I will say the movie was very, very well done. And, and it just, it follows the cop who's investigating all this stuff. It follows the the kidnap guys who are now killers. And one of them's insane. And then one of them is also insane. But he's Steve Buscemi. Uh, <laughs> and then, I don't, it just, it all goes crazy. That, that's... <laughs> It's very uncomfortable. I thought my dad was going to squirt a lot during uh, Bruno. Mm. <laughs> you squirm quite a bit during uh, this movie. But movies like this are what makes me just like, it, when you put salt on a slug, <laughs> it's just, I can't. You get so uncomfortable in movies and you squirm and you like you look away and stuff like that. I get like too that. into them. You do. You really get worked up when you watch movies sometimes. And that's yeah. it's fun to watch you sometimes watching a movie. Yeah, and it's specific kind of movies like this. Movies like Baby Driver, if you've seen that, mm-hmm. that'll make me squirm. Movies where it's so easy to get invested, and then all the anxiety that they're going through, it feels like you're doing it too. I don't know. And, and I agree. If you were to just tell me, chill out, man. Just it's it's a movie. It's fine. I, I can't disconnect until the movie's over. You put it perfectly. Anxiety. Some movies do induce some anxiety. I've seen Fargo probably six, seven times. And just watching these parts, William H. Macy, my gosh, that he, guy is such a fucking great actor. And in this one, he's really, hey really, he's really weaselly and he's just, oh my gosh, yeah. just listening to him have a conversation. No, it's it's my deal. It's I mean, he just, <sighs> he's brilliant in this. And, and any great. conversation with him just makes you cringe uh-huh. and gives you anxiety. And, and basically, yeah, he's got this problem. It's like he's somehow embezzled money from the car company and and now he needs money, and everything is closing in on him. Yeah. Whether it's the kidnappers wanting more money now because they've murdered people, whether it's his father-in-law, whether it's the, the Who police gets officer, murdered. yeah, the police officer Francis McDormand, which is one of my favorite actresses. It, it's all just it's slowly closing in on him, and he's slowly starting to unravel. Yeah, yeah. He's, and he's losing his grip, and it's it's he's just what a brilliant performance by William H Macy, and I mean. Pretty much everybody in this movie yeah. that you've heard of, brilliant. Steve who Buscemi, is the, brilliant. Who is the crazy one who is with Steve Buscemi? I, I don't know what that guy I've is. I've seen his is. face before Yeah, a he's been in times. some movies. He's kind of Bruce Willis looking to me. <laughs> he, that's what he always reminded me of every time I've seen him. Yeah, he's... I mean, he, the, the, oh, the Coen so brothers good. can get some good psychopathic mm-hmm. actors. They did two, two really good jobs that I know of. Mm-hmm. But in both movies, similarly, the endings are quite lacking okay well, uh, let's, but we we worked through the last one this one i need to work through very badly right, well let's 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 uh let's start from the beginning what were your initial thoughts on this movie because i know that you when we turned it on you said i really have no idea what this movie is about I had no idea i was able to predict something pretty quick off the bat something i was close you would say i was close i can't remember uh whenever he uh jerry the main character william h macy mm-hmm was talking to Shep. And I was like, hmm, I feel like the kidnapper guys are going to turn around and go after him. Mm-hmm. I was close in the aspect of shit is going <laughs> to, really bad shit's going to happen mm-hmm. to Jerry. And the reason I said it is because I was like, 93% Rotten Tomatoes. This movie is good. This story is going somewhere. It's not just going to play out linearly. Mm-hmm. So something, a big twist or something's going to happen. It's, and so that's how I made that prediction. It's it the close. It's the Coen brothers. So yeah, you so know something. I've seen 
our last episode. You know, some dark shit's probably going to happen, and you know there's going to be some stuff that happens that you're like, holy shit. You told me dark with comedic aspects. Yeah. And I was right on the right on the nose. Yeah, you are. And you said more dark than comedy, which I, I totally agree with. But I, I really wasn't sure how that was going to play out. Because mm-hmm. in my head, when I think dark comedy, I think like it's mostly comedy with that dark undertone. This was all dark, but then it just completely... I don't want to necessarily say made fun of, but... It was in Minnesota, North Dakota, stuff like that. The northern accent people who were like, yeah, hey. It was over the oh, top, yeah. yeah. And, and But that added so much. It did. And the way they socialized was so deer in the headlights. They they just looked out of place everywhere, kind of. And yep. everything was awkward. Everything was cringeworthy. The way they talked was just so, I don't know how to describe it, what the word is. It kept me intrigued because I'm like, there's such a dimwit, but like... The the main you call her Francis Francis McDormand she she was the cop Margie Margie <laughs> Margie <laughs> oh Marge yeah oh yeah. I love you Margie mm-hmm. and so she just sounded so dumb they all sounded dumb by default uh, to me I agree but they weren't but they weren't because she she goes to the crime scene with all these dead bodies and she's like okay and she puts it together in her head and says exactly how it played out mm-hmm. which was spot on she got it right while looking like she had no idea what where she was going to go afterwards she's like hmm, oh like this she just seems so stupid she was a great police officer but she was a great police did great officer. detective work and and basically solved the case yeah it was it was really cool i was just kind of upset about the ending all right we'll get there i, I thought that was what we were doing now you'll get your say in court sir okay so i picked this movie because oh, yeah. i love it Love this movie. The first time I saw it, loved it. Second time I saw it, loved it. Um, and it's one of those movies, like I said, I, I can't believe that you haven't seen it. I just assume that you've seen it. And that's why I picked it. Plus, I, after the success of the Coen Brothers with No Country for Old Men, I'm like, okay, it's time for another Coen Brothers movie yeah. that, I, that I figured that you're going to like. Favorite parts? Ooh. You got to go first. Another time I didn't think about it. I, I love the story. I love I love William H Macy's character and yeah. just how uncomfortable he is and how uncomfortable it is watching any scene that he's in. He just gets walked he's all over. He's just trying to save his ass and a lot of them and it's just not working. Trying to keep it together. Uh he's he just his father-in-law walks all over him. Everybody walks all over him. <laughs> yeah. And just watching his life unravel was it sounds bad if I say it was fun to watch, but it, it was fascinating. It, it was fascinating to watch. I love Francis McDormand's character. I just love the Coen brothers and how they put things together. Like there's little parts in there and you're like, oh yeah, that added a lot. And the Coen brothers are really good at doing that. There was this part in here, Francis McDormand, the cop went out to the crime scene. And they're in North Dakota, so it's very snowy. And there's a car that had flipped off the road and she was walking and she almost busted ass. And... She she turned around and looked at her cop colleague and made a faces just like oh, <laughs> and it's kind of like the the boot scuffs from No Country for Old yeah, Men. It's just, just little details, little extra details that are added oh, in that oh. just make you love it even more. Or in Tucker and Dale versus Evil, the the collar that stayed popped forever, right? Just little things like that. Chad's collar. We we notice some of them. I'm sure we don't notice all of them, but the ones we notice are always just like wow. And and there there were some scenes in this movie where it was not action; it was just 
northern people talking to each other how northern people talk to each other. But it worked. Yeah, but for favorite parts, I don't know. There's a part that had me just staring, and that was whenever they were driving out of town, and they had or the two kidnappers, and they had just got the wife, mm-hmm. and they got pulled over. And I'm like, oh, fuck, how is this going to play out? And Steve Buscemi's just like, I'll take care of it. Don't worry. And the psycho guy is just like, he doesn't talk much. And so Steve Buscemi's just, <laughs> the cop asks for his license and registration, and Steve Buscemi hands him his wallet with 50 bucks like sticking out of it. And it, it it doesn't work. And then the cop says, step out of the car. And really, the psycho killer just uh, waits for the right time for the cop to like crouch down and look in the window, grabs him, shoots him in the head. Blood goes all over Steve Buscemi. And, as and, and the, Steve Buscemi's like, oh, daddy. <laughs> he keeps saying, oh, that's daddy. What he, that's all he can <laughs> say. And then... uh. Steve Buscemi is dragging the cop's body to to leave, and these poor people just drive by, and they're just staring like, oh, fuck. And they haul ass away. Psycho killer, accomplice, chases after them. The people uh, flip their car. He executes both of them in grand fashion, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, the dude who is driving... Uh, he let him run, and then he just like aimed and shot him like square in the back. I, I remember saying, "Nice shot." <laughs> yeah, tough with a pistol, moving, yeah. and and then the lady in the car, he shot her, and I really liked how there were like three different, three different like character development things going on. Same with No Country for Old Men. You, you had Frances McDormand, the cop, and she wasn't even in it until probably the first thirty minutes. We're probably without her, maybe twenty minutes yeah. without her. You had. Um, Jerry Lundergaard, which was William H. Macy in his life. <laughs> was shit. <laughs> yeah, he's setting all this up. And then you have the dynamics between Steve Buscemi and this other guy who we don't, we don't know his name, yeah. the, the two kidnappers. And I'll look it up while you're talking. Buscemi, I just love that guy and everything, man. He's a fun actor to watch. He's a great actor. Um, he was definitely fantastic in this. But you got the you got the quiet psychopath killer who you're looking up his name and he doesn't yeah. hardly say anything. He just smokes cigarettes. And then you got Steve Buscemi who's nonstop talk. Just the dynamics between those two are fantastic. Uh, it says Peter Stormare. Uh, uh-huh. I remember seeing that in the beginning credit part. I was going to try to say his, uh, his, the name of his character, but I cannot pronounce that. Uh, <laughs> so I was just betting on Peter Stormare being his actual name. It was fun to watch their relationship. And in, in the end, Lundergaard or William H. Macy, he's supposed to take the money, a million dollars, yeah, to uh, Steve Buscemi in the parking lot. It's supposed to be like 40000 And then he's like, I want all the money. Meanwhile, he decided yeah. he was going to get a million dollars from his father-in-law. And then he was just going to give Steve Buscemi $80,000. So he was going to take the rest of that money and, and do whatever he wanted it. to. Yeah. But father-in-law, in usual fashion, he's the bulldog. He says, well, I'm going to go out and I'm going to make this drop. He shows, up. Gun and he, he shows up. He shows up. Steve Buscemi is pissed. Yeah. He's and and he shoots the dad. Who the fuck are you? He shoots the father in law, and then as the father in law is going down, he shoots Steve Buscemi in the face. It's like a graze across the jawline and cheek area, and it it's gruesome, man. And throughout the next parts of the movie, he is, you see, he has like a bandage looking thing on it. 
and then you realize he's tearing sheets of paper and putting <laughs> ripping it off when it gets soaked with blood and putting a new shred back on it and it was just nasty. Well, it doesn't take long for Steve Buscemi to realize he's got a million dollars in the suitcase. <laughs> yeah. And he's by himself because the other guy is back at the cabin on the lake watching after Lundegaard's wife who was kidnapped. And so mm-hmm. Buscemi, he gets like $80,000 out, and then he goes and he buries the million dollars. $920,000. Okay, $920,000 down this fence line. And then he goes back, and he says, all right, here's your 40000 Here's my 40000 I'm taking the car. And the guy's like, no, we're going to split the car. And he's like, I've been shot in the fucking face. I'm taking the car. Yeah. And so he leaves. And, and in that exchange, you see that Jerry Lundergaard's wife is just dead. Yeah, he'd already, yeah. He, yeah, the he got crazy... Tired. Guy had shot her because she was screaming and he was trying to watch TV. Yeah, <laughs> that's how that went. Yeah, and so Steve Buscemi, he's like, fuck you, I'm leaving. And he goes out to get in the car and then crazy psychopath comes out with an axe, takes care of him. Tucker and Dale's him. Yep, Tucker and Dale's him. <laughs> Wood chipper style. Yeah, and then uh, and then you got, <laughs> you got Margie and she's driving around the lake because somebody had said that the funny looking guy was out at the lake. Which is Steve Buscemi. And yeah. she sees the car. Mm-hmm. And she goes out there, and what does she find? She finds crazy guy wood chipping Steve Buscemi. Yep. And then as soon as he... And then they added this little part where he's wood chipping a fucking guy. He's putting... So yeah. she, he can't hear her saying, police, I'll shoot. And then he finally looks over, and he's like, oh, fuck. Throws a log at her and then tries to run. She shoots him, gets him, and then... She's driving away with him in the back, and he's not talking, and she's giving him a lecture type. Hey, I'm, I'm looking up that guy, Crazy Psychopath. He's in The Big Lebowski. Maybe that's why he looks familiar. What, what's what's his character? Bushimi was in Big Lebowski, too, yeah, like you said earlier. Yeah, he's the one who uh, got <laughs> cremated, and they threw his ashes. His name was Carl Hungus. I don't know if that helps or not. He's way down on the list of people that are. Oh, uh, maybe I wouldn't. Recognize He's pretty much that. next to Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. So there were a lot of great actors in the Big Lebowski. That was a really funny movie. Yeah, but you, you, we've both already seen it, so yeah. that one's not going to be on. The here. ending was also in uh, Cohen Brothers All right, fashion. So let's get to dislikes. Your I, turn. I've gotten. I it's it's grown on me just like No Country for All of Men did. I was what, sour about it at first. About what? The ending. Okay. And and then it's just. It grew on me somewhat. With this, there's also, they both have their, both these movies have their own unanswered questions. You, okay, so when this movie was over, as it was ending, you got Frances McDormand in bed with her husband, and they're just a weird couple, and just Mm -hmm. have weird conversations, and and they're just talking, and it's like, everything's going to be okay, and you're like, if this is the fucking ending, man, I'm out. (laughs) And that was the ending, and you were pissed. I was. Why were you pissed? Because I, I was just, I wanted it to... They had the most minimal take on stuff. I wanted to see Jerry's like more of his like Well, I thought it was great because after after they caught the wood chipper guy, yeah. the crazy psychopath, then they showed two cops go into a motel room somewhere and they caught Jerry under try- a fake name. Yeah, but he was trying to sneak out the window and he was like whining and crying mm-hmm. and being the little bitch that he is. And, and Well, I mean, what would you do there? Your whole life's fucked. But I, I thought that was a great And ending. your wife got shot. How would you... Wh- it, it was just the most minimal route they could have taken and I wanted a little more. That was really it. That's that. It's about what? What would you call that? 30 seconds at most of the ending of his storyline? I wanted it like a little bit more, maybe like he shoots himself like in Boogie Nights or 
that would have been more satisfying than him crying and getting arrested. What about his son? What about the $920,000? And I, I hate that we don't know where that money went. Maybe it's still out there. I exact, Same with, there was another similar unanswered question in No Country for Old Men, I feel like. I can't remember. Where'd that I, money I go? think that money was floating around still, too. Maybe it's the same money. Doubtful. <laughs> <laughs> From North Dakota to... Like El Paso region. We just cracked the case, and the Cohen brothers are going <laughs> to send The case us, of money. Yep, that the is. Cohen brothers are going to send us that money yeah. because we just blew everyone's mind. Yep, we, have the, we unlocked the secret ending. Okay, anything else before we get into Bucket of Chicken? Uh, I'll give mine. Uh, I think I gave it to uh, this same actor <laughs> in the last episode, William H. fucking Macy, man. Mm-hmm. He, he is just... I don't know. In Boogie Nights, he was a small role that didn't last very long. But it I remember it clear as day. It was so funny. And in this movie, he he showed that he doesn't just do side roles well. He can do the main role the best. Like I, I don't know who I would have rather had casted over him. He was The Coen brothers perfect. are great at casting people. Absolutely. They're two psycho killers. Uh, I think... No Country for Old Men, Psycho Killer is better. He's the best of all time. He is. And then there, William H. Macy is Jerry, forgot his name, Lundegaard. Lundegaard, yeah. It was just perfect. He had a great performance. He put on a very convincing show, and he added a lot to the movie, and I'm sorry that he got arrested for just trying to dispose of a whore. Yeah. <laughs> so you, <laughs> no, just, you just wanted him to blow his head off like he did in... Boogie Nights. I mean, that's a little bit better of. Closure. But didn't you think that's what was coming when they were knocking on the door and trying to trying to get in there? Didn't no, you figure you no. really didn't? I I wasn't sure what to expect, but I knew he wouldn't shoot anybody. I should have known. What Jerry was Lundergaard could not handle a, a gun. He couldn't handle no himself. Way. He yeah. couldn't handle anything. So Frances McDormand, she won Best Actress, won an Academy Award for Best Actress, and this won Best Original Screenplay. How William H. Macy did not win an Oscar for this is beyond me. I don't know who won it this it year, great. but he was phenomenal in this. Just phenomenal. Yeah, it was really good. Uh, my bucket of chicken. Man, this is tough because I've seen this movie many, many times. And the first time I saw it, I was I was like you. I was like, gosh, William H. Macy and Francis McDormand, they were fantastic. Loved it. If there would have been anybody else in this movie, it wouldn't have been nearly as good. They made it. Watching it this time, I really enjoyed Steve Buscemi even more than I had other times watching <laughs> it, was, it. His character yeah. was great. If he wouldn't have been in it, this movie wouldn't have been nearly no. as good either. And it's my bucket of chicken. I kind of wish I gave it to Steve Buscemi. That's a really good one, in my opinion. Yeah, you've given so you've given your bucket of chicken to two women who show their breast, and then you've given <laughs> it to William H. Macy twice, and <laughs> yeah. we're only on episode nine, so that's, that's <laughs> kind of funny there. Gosh, I... I can't. Steve Buscemi. Steve Buscemi. You know what? You gave yours to William H. Macy, and that's probably who I was going to give mine to. So he doesn't need two buckets of chicken. I will give, and Francis McDormand, you were great, and I probably would have given you my bucket of chicken the very (laughs) first time I saw this. But I'm going to go ahead and give it to Steve Buscemi. Congratulations. I can add some to that if you don't say what I think, too. Okay, go ahead. He was one of the only ones besides the other kidnapper, but that guy didn't talk much, Mm -hmm. who, who wasn't just polite to everybody. Even if they were an asshole, they were polite. Steve Buscemi was the biggest fucking prick in the entire state. I'm but he sure. was, but he was lovable. At but the he same was time. lovable. Oh, daddy! <laughs> Most of the characters would just repeat things back and forth, like, "Oh yeah, 
Oh yeah, yeah, super. Oh yeah. Oh, he did. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and he would just he fuck off, asshole. He would just ask all these annoying poke and prod at people. He just liked to push talk. buttons. He loved talking. Yeah, that that was something that was very obvious from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Because Psycho wouldn't talk to him, and he was like, yeah, well, two can play at the silence game, asshole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, complete silence. See how you like See it. See how you like it. And two seconds later, yeah, you like that? Complete silence? Like He just couldn't do it. He brought a lot of the comedic effect to this movie. Definitely. <laughs> Another funny part is when they, when they took the kidnapped lady to the lake house, she got out of the car, and she's like, <laughs> her hands are tied behind her back. <laughs> And she's and got she a, yeah. She's got something over her face where she yeah. can't see. And Steve Buscemi gets her out of the car, and then she takes off running. And she doesn't know where she's going. She Mm-mm. can't see. There's snow. There's trees. And Steve Buscemi just just stands there and yeah. laughs at her. He he tells he tells the psycho guy he's like, wait a minute. <laughs> and she keeps falling down. She's screaming. And he's she's, just there laughing. She's crying, and he's just laughing his ass off. All right, let's get into scores. Okay. <laughs> I worked through that annoyance at the ending, just how I did with No Country for Old Men. I like No Country for Old Men better, but I also loved this movie. So I'm going to give it an 88. An 88. That's good. Which that's I fair. think that's fair. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give it a 94. I'm going to give it one better than Rotten Tomatoes. I just think it's a fantastic movie. Fantastic well acting. Done. There are so many uncomfortable anxiety producing <laughs> uh, scenes in it. There's just there's some weird scenes in it that you're like, what the fuck is going on here? Why why is this even in here? But it works. It just adds to the uncomfortableness of the whole thing. And so I give it a 94. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I like that rating as well. Well, you did not deserve that after what you did to me last week. So <laughs> I a right, well, little appreciation we'll would be next nice. Week. If I hear that a Sasha Baron Cohen movie is in the works, uh, I have I'm gonna I'm gonna go wake up the movie mug and fucking <laughs> random movie picker computer um, and say, hey, I need you, buddy. I thought you were going to say that you're going to like load up Porky's 2 and 3 or whatever. Thank for- you. Thank you for reminding that. <laughs> you're welcome. Porky's 3 Pee-wee's Revenge, man. <sighs> Just anytime you think He's about gonna Borat. He's going to be like 25 years older and be in Porky's 3. I hate when movies do that. I do too. Yeah. All right. Any parting words? Uh, No. Well, That'll do it for episode number nine of Movie Muggin. If you would like to keep up with us, you can find us on Instagram at Movie Muggin. Or if you have any comments or movie requests for the Movie Muggin fucking random movie picker computer. Or if you just want to say hey, you can email us at moviemuggin at gmail.com. And until then, thanks for listening and peace out. Peace. Peace out, brother. <laughs>